Nearly a year ago, we introduced you to a man who claimed to have shot and killed Bigfoot in San Antonio. The alleged incident was featured in a documentary that left more questions than answers. Today, the Bigfoot hunter is finally releasing pictures of the creature's body. Gentlemen, thank you for having me on. And by the way, two-year-old at a hockey game, really? I know, see? What? You did listen. <laughs> What's that? You bring a two-year-old to a hockey game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when did we talk about that? Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. Uh, we're going to be chatting with um, podca- podcasting expert, I guess you could call him a little bit later, Rob Walsh. Uh, from over at Libsyn. He's kind of been in and around podcasts since day one. Uh, so we're looking forward to that one. We're going to talk to Justin for a little bit, and he's going to tease a conference uh, that he's been attending. We're going to get into that a little bit more next week, too. But first, as always, Ram, I like it when you call me G Ram Dunlop. How's it going tonight, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of short for Graham. There you go. Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm excited. Lovely. We got we got new shirts uh, off the printers. We got and, the uh, take the shot shirts are in. I'm wearing mine proudly right now. And we got our new poll. Or you you did your little oh, Twitter Kyle, poll there. Kyle's taking one. Oh yeah, fuck. We'll talk about that later. What? Why? I talk about it right now. Sure. Why not? You won. You happy? There's more pussies out there than there are fucking people who actually care about Sasquatch. I am happy. So Darren did his first Twitter poll. He realized that you can do t- polls on Twitter now, and it was uh, if you come across Sasquatch and you're armed. <laughs> and yes, I knew the typo. Do you take take the shot or, or save or, or not save Sasquatch? And I think it was like 68%. So we had 262 votes in 262 votes. That was pretty good. And it was 68% save the Sasquatch and 32% take the shot. So I'm happy so my, that's my gonna be what? So, so it's going to be roughly, you know, I don't know. What? What are you doing? 180. No, even more than that. No, it's probably about, yeah, 180 to 80. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so we have the new take the shot, even though I didn't really want to get it made to begin with. I think it's bad out there and putting out there to take the shot against Sasquatch. But just for Darren's sake, we got the shirts made. So we have now take the shot available and uh, save Sasquatch. How do you get the, did you participate in this, Justin? I did not. I was not aware. I haven't been on social media except for as of the last day or so. Oh, okay. No, this was a while ago. Well, like I said, it's been a while. <laughs> well, congratulations. So, yeah, we did the poll, and, and we won. Save Sasquatch won. So. Speaking of which, I got back in touch with my buddy Gio uh, the other day. I was actually gotten head of, I got in touch with him when I was trying to help out my buddy John down in Miami, who ended up actually getting helped out by another Grammarican, Adam Loyal. So some, some Grammaricans are helping each other out down nice. in Florida this week weekend um but yeah i got a hold of him and i got i think this is the right one he, he made me download the zello app you ever hear of it it's like walkie talkie so he wasn't in miami though he's in the uk djing right now wow uh, i think who's in the uk djing your, your my buddy, buddy giovanni really? giovanni hmm. yeah 
Let's see if this is on. Females are taller than me. I'm 6'3". You know, they're a little taller than I am. And uh, the ones we have here are skinny. They're not like the ones that I saw in Washington State. I've seen two in Washington State. They were pretty hefty son of a bitches, man. And uh, and they can run. I mean, it looks like they're walking, but they're running, brother. They're, they're moving. And they do hide. They're not that easy to capture. And I've baited them, too. Apples. They like fish. There's your, there's your trick right there, fish, man. Uh, the one that I saw when I was a kid, I was 17 years old. It walked up to me, man, and I was fishing. I was fishing for trout. And it was in Kentucky. Uh, you know, it's like a bass, but it's actually, uh, they call it walleyes. I don't know if you have them up there. Little walleyes. But it's almost like a trout kind of looking fish. I love me some walleyes. And I was catching them motherfuckers and... And here it came, walking in the in the in the in the water, like waiting, coming up right to me, and he was like real skinny, looked like it was missing some hair, and I'm standing there, I'm looking at him, man, I didn't know what to think, brother, I was like in shock, and uh, apparently it wanted uh, food, it stood there and it just it looked so sad, it stuck his hands up, what? and I'm like, you know, I'm like tripping out, and I took one of the fish, it was in a basket, I went up to the shore, grabbed it in the basket, and I threw it there on the, because I wasn't gonna walk up to him. And I threw it there on the shore, and he went and grabbed it. He walked right back into the into the water, like waiting up to his like his shins, and uh, he started tearing into it. He ate his guts and everything, man. He just started tearing into it, and he wanted more. I left him four fish, and uh, I wasn't gonna stick around. I left. I was watching him off the bridge though. When I was in the car, I stopped there on the bridge and looked at him. Yeah, he was feeding, and he was washing the fish off in the water and everything. They're smart. I thought this one, this one was gonna die or something. It looked like it had some type of mange or something. This is a mangy Sasquatch. It was bald in the face, kind of. The ears are different, kind of like a smaller kind of ear. Where'd you get that from? And uh, the jaw, you know, caveman looking jaw. <laughs> Smart fucking thing, man. Just like a human. I know it's not ape. I looked at his feet, man. They got big feet, but I mean, it's. If it was an ape, it wouldn't have feet like ours, man. It has feet like ours, you know? That kind of shape. Toes and everything. Nice. Nice. I might have to play that. Oh, that was you in there. Yeah, yeah, we were walkie-talkie and back and forth. Really? So he's in That's your buddy this, Giovanni? Yeah. The, he's a Sasquatch magnet. He's seen them all over. Kentucky, yeah, fucking they, Washington. Yeah, I never even actually knew. It's never really come up. I was just got a hold of him to try and get him to hook up my buddy John with some grass. <laughs> And he's like, oh no, he's like, I'm in the UK right now, brother. And he's like, you got to download this app. So I downloaded this app and it's called Zello. Zello, Z-E-L-L-O? Yeah. Okay. And then you just, it's like how walkie-talkie. Fuck, it's that's just like, great. So we were walkie-talking from Calgary to the UK and it's pretty flawless. Wow. I was impre- almost as impressed with that as that I was. That quality with, uh, coming through was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And you recorded it? Yeah, that sounded it? pretty good. And it records it automatically. It, it records it well? No way. Fully. Well, you can set it for what you wanted to record and everything. But yeah, it just recorded, so it's like, bam, there you have it. Wow. So did you hear any accounts like that at your little Sasquatch summit that you're at there? I oh, wait, wait, wait up before we okay. actually no, yeah, let's get we'll go to that first. Okay. Well, I heard two stories exactly like that today. Really? Yeah. About about young yeah, while they're younger, they're fishing and two separate people um 
yeah, we're fishing. Sasquatch came up, and one of them formed a relationship with them. Sweet. Um, the first time it happened, uh, gave him a fish, and uh, like you know, teenage years, and this would happen all the time because he was always fishing, and every time he was fishing, the Sasquatch would come up and want some of the grub, and the gentleman would always make sure that if he had one, that the Sasquatch would have one. And then he moved, he moved away. Uh, I forget where Kentucky or, or somewhere he was gone for about 15 years and he decided to move back, move back home. And he started fishing again and the same Sasquatch came out and, uh, and he gave him more fish. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, there was, there's another one that was similar to that, but yeah, I heard two stories like today that would make that three. Hmm. So, so you're at the Sasquatch summit, which is, uh, is this every year in November at this time? Uh, this is the third year in a row, and it's, uh, yeah, it's about this time of the year, mid-November. And you're in Washington State. Yes, sir. Ocean Shores. Right on. So, what's the what's the whole gist of this? I'm going to put a link to the sh- in the show notes for this in case people want to go next year. But what's the gist of the the Sasquatch Summit? Um, it's a gathering of like like-minded individuals. Um, some people have you know contradicting theories to one another, but it's all open-minded forum for people we guest speakers um big names in the field if you were a couple of them weren't able to make it that were scheduled um some of them weren't here that were last year and some from from last year weren't here this year but 2016 sasquatch summit is already booked so um they already have some guest speakers come but it's you know vendors selling sasquatch goods and a lot of um literature and a lot of um like I said, names in the field. So the general, the general, I guess, feeling over there is that this is definitely real. A lot of people that have experienced it personally and people trying to gather evidence and all this kind of stuff. Was there any skeptics there kind of trying to debunk it or? Uh, there were none. Uh, maybe some in the crowd. I mean, I, I consider myself a skeptic, not in the snarky sense of the word, but, not a you know, ass, I mean. Big ass skeptic? Not, not a big ass, ass no. A big ass skeptic. We'll say a, a lowercase soft S. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, question, question what you're told and, you know, figure it out for yourself. Cool. But no, be. no big name skeptics. Like, you know, they had a paradigm symposium with, uh, who's a PZ Myers. Um, nothing like that, but you know, um, just different theories. Um, some, some of it gets into the more fringe paranormal UFO topics. Um, some of them, you know, more of a, flesh and blood biological entity and yeah it's just an array of, of different theories and, and lectures and you guys are going on a hike tomorrow uh, i will not be making it because you know daytime and it, it gets darker soon i gotta make it back over the mountains but, right right are you are, you, are people but, excited to like actually maybe spot something well here in ocean shores as i found out you know throughout the day um with some of the the heat maps that they were showing this is a very hot spot for Bigfoot activity. Um, just coming down the, the uh, road here to the to the resort, they have like mock Bigfoots like hiding in the trees. It's kind of like a windy road down here, and they have like glowing <laughs> eyes. So you know, technically, I did see some off the road, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's big around here. This about every store you can go into, they have. Uh, some sort of Sasquatch souvenir. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Uh, is that where you got Grounds mug? 
And we got the little no, Bigfoot snow no. globe in the studio I'm looking at right now, too. That no, I got, got that in my hometown. That, I think you got the what that that one you got for me when I was expecting my second child. That is correct, yeah. yeah. Wow, and um two years. Yeah, it has been. Wow. Well, uh two years. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the, those I got in my hometown. I mean, Bigfoot's pretty much pretty big in the Pacific Northwest. Um Washington State has the highest um report of sightings or encounters within the Pacific North Northwest, including, you know. California, Oregon, Idaho, Canada, and as well, you know, like British Columbia. More than British Columbia, even? Um, you know, I'm not going to say British Columbia because that wasn't in the report. They they mainly focused on um, uh, the American part of the Pacific Northwest. They did mention, you know, um, First Nation people stories and and um, parts of BC, but but they didn't have any like info on the, the sightings of it. So right, right. Right on. So Justin, Justin is uh, the guy who does our newsletter. So if people people want to sign up to the newsletter, he's the guy that sends it out. And he, you've been a big uh, help with that, Justin. I want to thank you a lot. Um, I will say the newsletter might be out a little bit later, no. uh, depending on what time I get home tomorrow. No worries. Buddy. I try to have it out Monday morning, but maybe it might be Monday evening tomorrow. So. That's bullshit. People can sign. <laughs> people can sign sign up the, themselves to the newsletter, or they can even sign their friends up. It's pretty easy. Just go to our website and click on it. America you know, slash news. You just gotta throw your name and an email in there. It's pretty easy. They will unsubscribe if they don't want it. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. can just uh, pile them in there, man. See yeah. how many email addresses you can put in before your hands get tired. <laughs> I think we're up to only 180 just subscribers right now. 192, I think. Yeah. 192. Yeah, Did I give sure. you guys access to that? I think you just, I get emails. I get an email. Yeah. Oh, do you? I watch okay. it slowly well, climb up. Fair enough. Cool. I was wondering. Well, we've only got about 50 listeners, so it works out. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, we're ahead. Right on. <clears throat> subscribing people to the newsletter all, all day is almost as fun as giving yourself blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> no way, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, you don't know. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, right on. So I got some synchros from uh, some listeners, actually. If you want to go. I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Aaron is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. Speaking of guys that help on the show, that jingle is from a, from a listener in the UK, I believe. Or do I know? Why do I always think he's from the UK? He's not. No, he's not. And this synchro is from a fellow that does our art. Napoleon. Napoleon. Yeah. Have you seen this, Darren? Ah, uh, no, I don't read the synchros. Okay, so he says uh, he's been meaning to write for us uh, to us for a while. And oh yeah, if, if anybody wants to submit episode art. They're welcome to if they want to compete with Napoleon, but he's he's pretty damn good. He is pretty good. Yeah, and he and he writes a comic blog. And Justin, who was on earlier, he's still there with us. He he writes a blog as well. Good blogs. I do what I can. You betcha. So Napoleon says, over the summer, I spent some time in Chicago. This is called the Synchro in the Windy City. He was doing some research for a graphic novel. Whilst there, I had. What Whilst. I believe may be a synchronicity. He says, Darren, I'm not trying to do your job for you. You get the final say, of course. I was in my hotel texting a friend of mine. I know you can't see me, but I'm saying the word friend with quotation fingers. 
She's not a bad sort per se, but you know the kind of friend that you go out drinking with and suddenly get a little too comfortable exploring the inner realms of one another's pants? She's one of those. The drunken fondling described took place years ago. Unfortunately, the thing with such friends is that from that fateful night on, every text, email, and phone call you receive from them must be attended to with haste, lest you be accused of being bitter, immature, selfish, and a dozen other adjectives that fail to include drunk, lonely, and horny. <laughs> so he digresses. <laughs> so I was telling her about the work I'm doing, starting up a webcomic with America. Encouraging oh, her to shit, check it I out. I forgot I'm supposed to get on the publicist information. Oh, yeah, you fucking procrastinator. Yeah. Almost oh. as bad as you. Oh, come Maybe on. Maybe worse. Maybe the same. So he says uh, he was encouraging her to check it out. Her response, and I'm paraphrasing, was, whatever, you got lucky, that's all. When I asked her to elaborate, she cheerfully explained, there's only like a million other people who are better than you, Whoever hired you was probably desperate. Enjoy it while you can, because you're going to get canned once they hire on a real artist. Ouch. <laughs> I'm just being Whoa. honest. You got lucky. <laughs> the conversation left me feeling pretty down all through breakfast. <laughs> Significantly dampening the enjoyment of my Cheerios. Her words just kept repeating through my mind. You got lucky. I was walking down the street. Is this a day after sex? I, I don't know, but I mean, hopefully it's, a, hopefully it's the last time. Fuck. Speaking of, you got lucky. I was walking down the street mulling over our conversation when a young man rounded the corner. He had headphones on and was undoubtedly feeling the music, leaving more or less, he was being more or less oblivious to me. Nonetheless, he was wearing a shirt that I could not ignore. On said shirt in bright, bold colors, colors was written, luck has nothing to do with it. As I walked past him, I put my hand out to give him a high five, and he reciprocated. Nice. I'm sure he had no idea what that high five was for, but he kind of made my day. And that, my friends, was my synchro. Have, it at, have at it, Darren. Huh. And that's from Napoleon. That's not recent, is it? No. Okay. No, it was a few but years I feel old. bad laughing if it's recent. Laughing at what? The sex part? Yeah. Why? I don't know. What does that mean? If what he still, that? he might still be feeling down about it. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. No, no. Um, it's pretty cool, eh? Yeah. Oh, it has nothing to do with it. Right after he left? Yeah, right after he left, he's walking down the street. Sees this guy singing along. Like, has and he high fives him. Eight. Ooh, fuck, he's going to be happy with that. Yeah. A little bias there, but okay. I got uh, I got another one here for you. This is a pretty heavy one. Heavy, yeah. Like uh -huh, heavy. No, no, no. <laughs> heavy, heavy. Heavy was my brother. Okay, so howdy, Graham. This is from Michael. He says, "Been listening over the past year, and I love everything you guys are doing. I'm a professional wood turner, and I have my headphones on." For most of my work day, so the long episodes help me drown out the sound of power tools. So I've got a synchronicity for you guys that I haven't shared with a lot of people. Well, first of all, I want to thank him for sending that in. I'm glad he feels comfortable enough to share it with us and have Darren pick it apart. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'll start with the backstory. I'm a big music fan. I always have been. 
And they generally go through different phases. Yeah, music. Sometimes I'll spend six months listening to only psych music. I gotta I gotta say something here. Um, Please do. If he listens to psych music, he's gotta listen to Younger Brother. It's fucking amazing. Brian Lord, who was here with Randall Carlson, gave me some music, uh, psychedelic music, and fucking some of it's awesome. It's Spongle's Younger Brother. Spongle? Yeah. And it's just, it's fucking great. Anyways, and sometimes I'll only listen to 50s country. Regardless, in May 2013, I really got into Ryan Adams. Not to be confused with Brian Adams. (laughs) Waking up the neighbors? I burnt my friend's arm at a Brian Adams concert in 1986. I was five. (laughs) I was two. And I started getting all of my... probably wasn't even born yet. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> it's okay, it's you were already burning people at concerts. <laughs> <laughs> and I started getting all of his records, which he has many. After going through most of his stuff, one album really stuck with me and I couldn't stop listening to it. The album was Easy Tiger and it came out in 2007. So on one particular song, two was constantly playing on my stereo. Essentially, the song is about how he fucked up and hurt his loved one and wanted to be taken back. Fast forward two months, I got a call from my sister, and she said that my brother was in the hospital and that he was found in a gas station after a heroin overdose. He was unconscious and in a coma. My brother and I were not very close at all during the past 10 years or so, pretty much when he started using hard drugs. But over the previous two years, I maybe talked to him three times, and he only wanted money from me. So I would have to ignore his calls because all he ever wanted was money. Also, I was in college at this time and was severely broke. I didn't even have money for myself. After about a week in a coma, he passed away. Over the next couple days, my father, sister, and I were handling everything from the funeral to dealing with his belongings. When I was helping myself when i was helping gather his stuff together that was at my dad's i noticed his backpack was there that he had on him when he overdosed so i decided to see what he was carrying with him at first it was nothing out of the ordinary some clothes phone cord and then i noticed an envelope i was going through the stuff in the envelope and he had some drawings he made some letters from my mom when he was in jail and i unfolded a piece of paper that he had written out the lyrics to the ryan adams song too I immediately broke down. I had no idea that my brother was listening to him, and that was never something that we discussed. It was so bizarre. I was totally speechless. I mean, I could not stop listening to that song. And the fact that he had written that song out was crazy. I couldn't explain it. I would just call it a coincidence if it was just the CD or something, but the fact that he hand-wrote that song specifically made me think it was more than that. Anyways, thanks for letting me share that, fellas. Keep on putting out some awesome material later, Michael. And then he says, P.S., take the shot. <laughs> oh, brownie <laughs> points, eh? <laughs> so, yeah, he got this Easy Tiger album, and he was obsessed with this song, too, constantly playing on his stereo. And then, meanwhile, his brother was also obsessed with the song, writing out the lyrics. Hmm. <laughs> Darren has a tough time with these ones that involve death and loved ones and stuff like that.
<laughs> He's speechless. <laughs> okay, we can come back to that, buddy. You don't have to rate that one. Yeah. You can, it can be a, wasn't there it another one like a, that? And you said, no, no, it's not a, it's not rateable because it's too personal or something like that. Yeah, that's, I remember that. That's tough to rate. Yeah. So that's okay. There's but it'd be up there. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. For sure. He broke the synchro meter. Yeah. <laughs> it's broken. So how about a little bit of this on you? I want a good skull from a synchronicity If Graham reads it out, then Dermite, give it to me Hey, don't you please read it low Yeah, yeah Remix <laughs> So I got a synchro for you to read, Oh, Graham. wow, really? Ooh Come on Yeah, so I was driving It's you, personally? Yeah well, yeah. Justin even had one the other day that we didn't really talk about. Now, a couple mini fuck, ones, but how did that happen again? See, he can't. Darren can't even articulate. Oh yeah, his own you know what it was? Is I was driving home from work <laughs> and I was listening to the Randall Carlson and Graham Hancock episode on episode Toronto. on Rogan, and they started talking about John Anthony West. So I was like, I got to get that guy in the show, and so I was going to text John, but I was driving, so I was like, Oh, I'll call John, and fucking he should have it. So I called John up, and he's like, hey, what's going on? He's like, Bob was like, fuck all, blah, blah, blah. So he's, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in Miami at the book fair. He's like, funny thing, I'm wearing your shirt right now. <laughs> and then he sent me a picture. That's it? Yeah. How many times has he worn the shirt? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of my synchros that you just diss. <laughs> Now, this is proof that it feels better for the person that's, or it feels more powerful than the person that I it didn't, happens to, I didn't right? Say At that. The time. I would give it like a four. Maybe he. Savor this, Graham. Savor this. Jesus. Well, why'd you, why is it, it's not even a synchro then if it's that low? No, it still can be. It's yeah. like an eight to you, probably. So, <laughs> if he would have, if John would have said something about John Anthony West, then it would have been a little bit Agreed. more powerful. I'm wearing your shirt and read the John Anthony re West book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 then it would have been good. It would have been more meaningful. <laughs> Whatever. All right, well, I got the weekly UFO quote we should do before. Uh, before yeah, you got to rate him first. No, you gotta oh, rate you got to rate? Oh, it's like he needs a, a number. Yeah. You need a number. Yeah, four, four and a half. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's generous, buddy. That's more than I thought you'd give him. Yeah, Graham's fucking. He's a giver. Yeah. He's a giver. He's a giver and a taker. All right. So this is uh, the profound UFO quote of the week. Favorite part of the show. Oh, fuck, I just lost it. For 40 years, for nearly 40 years, this scientist. Oh, I gotta start. What's a spiedist? <laughs> <laughs> For nearly 40 years, the science establishment has ignored the UFO problem, relegating it to the domain of true believers and mental incompetence, aka kooks and nuts. That's according to the former director of Applied Optics magazine. Scientists have participated in a self cover up by refusing to look at the credible and well reported data. Furthermore, some of those scientists who have studied UFO data 
have published explanations which are unconvincing or just plain wrong and have gotten away with it because most of the rest of the scientific community has not cared enough to analyze these explanations. The general rejection of the scientific validity of UFO sightings has made it difficult to publish analysis of good sightings in refereed journals of establishment science. That's from Bruce Maccabee, optical physicist. That kind of sums it up. And I think that was a quote from a long, a long time ago. I don't have a date, but I'm sure it's a couple decades old. A couple decades ago. And anyways, it's um, yeah, that kind of sums it up. There you have it. What do you think, Justin? Graham summed it up. I, I like your summary. It's not his. So, summary. is is it Maccabee the one who? I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is he the one that was? Uh, he passed away under uh, suspicious circumstances. No, I don't think so. I think he's still okay. He's still kicking around. Okay, thank you for correcting me because I was wrong. There you have it. <clears throat> I'm just guessing, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the one I'm thinking about had Mac in the name. Oh, you're thinking John Mac, yeah. John Mac. Oh, yeah. okay, that, that's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and he, he was one of the abduction researchers, one of the top three there. So then we wanted to talk about, thanks, some, um, we got the new batch of shirts, so we mentioned that. Did we, yeah, we didn't talk about that yet? We got the take, I, we might have touched on it, but. We do have the Take the Shot shirts now um, and some more Grammarica shirts in. Um, the last ones went pretty well. So, um, yeah, we'll keep those going at 25 USD or more uh, donation. You can get a free shirt. Uh, if you are over the pond someplace in Australia or some UK or something like that, we'll probably just ask for 30 and that ought to cover the extra shipping. Um, of course, we always appreciate when it's a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, there's all sorts of different options. The monthlies really help us pay our expenses. expenses. It's uh, winter in the igloo, and it's <laughs> tough to keep this motherfucker warm and probably not cheap. Yeah, and I just want to say something about the shirts, too. As far as I know, everybody's got their shirts who have asked for one. But So if you're out there and you haven't received a shirt, please email me. That's graham at grahamerica.com. And also, uh, please don't expect the shirts to be shipped like right away that next day because we do have day jobs and stuff. So I'll probably make it to the post office like once a week when people order them. So, and, and it does take, they're coming by post. So it does take like a week or two to get to you. So please be patient. <laughs> Darren, you want to expand on that? GoAmerica.ca slash support. Um, yeah, thanks to the people who supported us last month. And, uh, yeah, let's try and ramp it up. As the colder it gets, the more it's going to cost to heat this bitch. So check out grammarica.ca slash support. Uh, of course, if you um, can't afford that, there's always the option of sending us in stories for the show, synchronicities, trip reports. Sightings. Sightings. Blogs. Just maybe Blogs. some crazy shit to try and get ground to read. <clears throat> um, sign people up for the newsletter gramerica.ca slash news review the show wherever you can and of course the best way to, to help the show evolve is to tell your friends, go around and tell people about the show because we have zero marketing and um, yeah so everyone tell your friends about this show yeah thanks and enjoy our chat coming up with uh, Rob Walsh he's pretty much like a high powered executive of podcasting, he's been around yeah. for a while different positions and 
He's working for uh, Libsyn. Libsyn right now. Our, he's works for our host. I think he's like VP of podcasting relations for yeah, Libsyn. That's now. right. Yeah, big thanks to Justin down in Bigfoot country, and we'll, we'll get you back next week for the intro, and we'll get a, an in-depth report on the well, I can't wait to give it festival. to you. <laughs> and once again. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we can run down some ideas about other uh, like conferences next year, too. Like you, we, t- we talked about a couple more. Uh, there's one coming up in that location as well, eh, Justin? And then there's another one that Red Pill Junkie's talking about. So maybe we could mention a few of those and try and run down a plan to get together. Get some Grand Americans together. Yeah, start some sure. stuff. Yeah. All Word right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Hey, enjoy your night. And um, hey. yeah, say hi to yeah, all the... same to you guys. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Take okay, care. guys, enjoy the chat. Americans tonight we've got a special treat hopefully uh, our listeners will be as excited as we are we've got rob walch here who's a vice president of podcaster relations with libsyn which is short for liberated syndication and that's the world's largest podcast hosting service they host over twenty five thousand podcasts with an audience of over 44 million and rob's got a degree in uh, engineering and mba and is president and founder of podcast 411 I won't get too much into uh, in his background. He's also involved in a lot of other podcasts, so we'll get into some of that. But we are super happy to have you on the show, Rob. Thanks for coming on, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, this is a this is a treat. Um, we've been doing this for like I don't know two and a half years, but I've been listening to podcasts for probably since um, two thousand and seven, maybe two thousand and six. Do you remember the first podcast you listened to? Oh man, no, I don't actually. It's you a bit remember. of a blur. No, that was, was it my MU. No, ben? no, no. It was close. It might have been Mysterious Universe. Mysterious Universe is a good podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There, there are inspiration. I used to call Benjamin in Grundy. And, he does yeah. a good job. Yeah, <laughs> I used to call in and get put on like their their voicemail thing or whatever, and that kind of inspired me a little bit. I still, he's still, I still, I talk to him. A couple weeks ago, still, if I get stuck on a problem or something and just want some advice from someone who's been doing it forever, um, he's always been pretty open. Uh, just shoot him a message, and he's usually pretty open to, to helping you. He's a really nice out. guy. Yeah, Ben is. Uh, we found a lot of support from other podcasters, actually, and we try and help others out in turn as well. I think that that comes to be most podcasters are like that. I mean, a lot of podcasters don't look at other podcasters as competition, but as a community. Right. That's what I, when we first started up with this, I was saying, I'd rather get more people into podcasting in general than fight over like the limited people that already listen. And I think too, it comes down to most people producing, you know, one or two hours a week. 
And there's a lot more time in the week for people to consume. So you're, you're looking at it, you're never going to fill everybody's, I mean, unless you're Joe Rogan and you know, he <laughs> creates, a, or, or Adam Carolla, most people actually have listeners that listen to more than just one podcast because they have time to listen to more than yeah, one podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even no agenda makes it tough. I've cut. I've had to cut my no agenda in half now. I can only listen to one of the episodes. I'll pick whichever one's longer, and that's it. Otherwise, otherwise, I got to cut two other podcasts out of my rotation. It gets tough. And then, and then, whenever Dan Carlin releases new hardcore history, oh, there's four hours. Okay, now I got to figure how long is it take me to get through that four hours? There's one. So everybody my, else gets pushed on the back burner until right. you get through the episode. There's one of my first ones actually. So Dan Carlin was in there in the beginning, which is interesting for me hearing him. Like I've listened to probably every common sense that, that he's had and I don't listen to a lot of political ones, but that's, those are the ones that go back like that many years. So there's some that I've been listening to for, for that long. And if people haven't checked out Dan, that's a great one. But one of the things I used to have a joke, which was, uh, ego is equal to download squared. And as shows got bigger, their egos got exponentially bigger. Yes. But Dan is one that's broken that rule. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's, he's stayed the nicest guy. And um, recently, it was this summer, he sent me an email because uh, all excited. And it was that he had gotten um, imitated by uh, Colbert on his podcast. So Colbert was imitating oh. Dan Carlin. And he's like, check this out. You know, it was like two minutes and 38 seconds in. Check it out. He's like, check this out. This is so cool. <laughs> so he's just like a little kid all excited that Colbert was imitating him. So, I mean, you know, as, as big as his show is, he's just still the nicest guy and he, he hasn't let it go to his head. I wonder, uh, I wonder what it is about podcasting that kind of, because you don't, I mean, you see it a little bit in the blogosphere, but I don't think you see too much of it. And you, you don't see it really on YouTube, you definitely don't see it in anything mainstream. The, the camaraderie that seems to come along with podcasting, even if even it, if it is kind of niche based, but it seems like all the podcasts in the niches, at least the ones that I'm privy to, seem to be pretty, you know, open and friendly with each other and sharing listeners. And like Dan even came on our show, Dan Carlin, and he doesn't even really like. He's not really involved in our what we talk about on this show, but he was still pretty pretty cool and came on. And I think it comes down, we were, we were talking before we went on, that there's only a really limited number of podcasts still to this day. I mean, people don't realize how few there are. Um, Apple right now says there's about 300,000 podcasts in iTunes. And that means anybody whose feeds are still working, about half of the shows in iTunes haven't released a new episode in the last year. So you're really looking at 150,000, best case scenario, 200,000 active podcasts that are releasing content on a regular basis. And you might think, oh, 200,000 sounds a lot. But when you compare it to 200 million blogs, it's minuscule. Do you think and that's the number of blogs that get closed down in a month. Do you think that's, do you think podcasting will ever get there? It, it'll never be as big because it takes more time. I think there, there's more technology involved in it. It takes more time. Um, distill the disparity. If you look at female bloggers to female podcasters, it's like 52% of bloggers are female. But when you look at podcasters, it's like 15%. Wow. It's a really small number. If you're a female blogger and you're not podcasting, shame on you because you can really stand <laughs> out from your peers if you want to stand out in your niche by getting a podcast. Um, but when I've talked to different women, you know, why are you not doing it and that are blogging, they're like, well, it's, you know, as a mommy bloggers, especially, they're like, 
I can start typing my my thing in one room on the laptop and the kid's screaming and I can move to the other room and still continue on it. Not something that's conducive with podcasting. You have to kind of have a quiet environment and and time set aside to it. It's hard to multitask a podcast. Yeah. What do you think the main reason is that 150,000 of those 300,000 have have stopped? Podfaded just, you know, you can only, a lot of people can only do it so long. Uh, Podfading is a a term that was coined... (laughs) A long time ago, uh, back in the beginning of podcasting, um, Scott Fletcher, I'll give him credit. So we talked back at the early days of podcasting. Scott Fletcher came up with the term pod faded, pod fading. And um, it, it just, it's just a natural evolution. Most shows are going to pod fade, just like most television shows. MASH went on for so long. Uh, Friends went on for so long. Eventually, people pod fade. Wow. It's a very few shows that continue on. You know, the, the night, you know, Tonight Show um, has moved on, but with different hosts. Um, mm. So I, I just think it's a lot of shows just run their course. So, now, some of those podcasts were like podcasts that were covering Lost or covering this television show or that show. So if you're a fan cast podcast, you definitely have a life on your show. Oh, and it's yeah, it's yeah. as long as the, the show you're covering is is being produced. That's interesting I bet because you there are a lot of fucking Lost podcasts. There was so many, so, so many. Uh, yeah. Just like there's a ton of Game of Thrones podcasts and a ton of Walking Dead podcasts. Talking Dead, that's what I'd call my... That's probably... Take Somebody it. already took it, yeah. Or Walking if, Dead, sorry. Yeah, Walking Dead podcast, I should say. Yeah, there are. There's um, some called Talking Dead. There's the Dead cast. Uh, um, the Talking Walking podcast. I mean, there's so many different names. They, you know, they try to spin on those, the names on it. Which is fun. I mean, I've seen a lot of funny names come up for podcasts. Um, some that are really bad, like the Cheese Doodle podcast, which tells you nothing about the show. So, you know, it's, like it's ours. <laughs> tells you nothing about the show. Yeah, but there's a, which, the, uh, I don't know. which sadly, iTunes search is all based around the title and the author. So, oh, you know, for anyone who has a podcast. So, if anyone searches Grimerica, we're fucking in. Yes. <laughs> So I was going to ask you about the algorithm. Do you do you know the mysterious iTunes algorithm? Like, uh, well, the top the reading? top two hundred algorithm. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, D one plus D one plus D one plus D one plus D two plus D two plus D two plus D three plus D three plus D four plus D five plus D six plus D seven divided by thirteen. There, that's your algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, you warned your guests, you know, that your listeners, that you know, this week's guest might know. Um, what it really is, is uh, this, the top 200 lists in iTunes, what Apple has done, is they didn't want it to be a static list. So what they did was they made it where how many new subscribers you get in the last week with a weighted average for the last day, D1, and the last two days, D2, and the last three days, D, D3, um, way into that average. So it's if you get a lot of listeners in a 24-hour period, it can bump you up the 200 list really easy. And it doesn't take many to, to get to number one in iTunes. It's about 5,000 new subscribers in a 24, 48-hour window will get you to number one in iTunes in the top 200 list. Even 150 to 200 new subscribers will get you in the top 200 list in a, in a day. Wow, that's fascinating. I didn't know that. I thought it had something to do with reviews as well. Reviews has nothing to do with the top 200 list. Reviews has to do with the what's hot and also the um, uh, new and notable, right? But the top 200 list is based on total number of new subscribers. 
through iTunes. I think something, our show is something like 70% of our downloads are through Apple Core. And that, what we see across Libsyn you know, um, on, on our shows, what we see is about 70% is iTunes and Apple Core Media, which Apple Core Media is, is the podcast app. Uh, and about 80% of do, uh, downloads overall come through your RSS feed. That's iTunes, Apple Core Media, Overcast, Stitcher, things like that. Things that offer of your RSS feed. And, and then 20, less than 20% come from uh, web browsers and people going to the website and things like that. So it's over, well over 80% is, is from your feed. You guys have been have been really easy to deal with since we started. I don't know how Darren found Libsyn, but I tell you, it has. You guys have made it really easy. Like anybody that doesn't use some sort of everyone that asks me, because I, I do actually get probably it's about one every two or three, one a month. I would say people messaging me in some format asking about starting a podcast or tweeting or, and that's always the first thing I say is just go to fucking Libsyn or find a host for sure. Don't try and do it yourself. Yeah. Can you, well, can you describe? We quickly? have website issues. Even using Libsyn, we have website issues. Like if we tried to host our media, we would end up having to migrate it. Well, I think one of the big mistakes people make is you know they try to put everything up on the WordPress site, and then boom, they get popular, and the site comes crashing down. <laughs> and and that's one of the reasons people host with us is to host the media file, to host the RSS feed. So if your show gets popular, all the hits are going to your RSS feed, not your website. They're going all the the media downloads are coming from us, not your website. So it keeps the two separated. I don't know how many people I see on a weekly basis that have issues where the website was either too slow or not responding or their feed's not updating, all because they tried to manage everything on WordPress. And it's just like, WordPress is great for websites, really sucks for RSS feeds. Mm. Can, you, can you tell us a little bit about how Libsyn works then? Like, if, if yeah. you're starting up a podcast, how easy it can be for somebody then? Not that you know, sure. we want too many people starting up, but no, it's always, it's always good <laughs> to help people out. Yeah, it's really, first thing you need to be able to do on your side is create an MP3 file. And if you've you got a Mac, it's easy on GarageBand. If you're on a PC, you can do Audacity um, or Adobe Audition. Uh, those are, cop, are popular programs. Audacity is free on, on the PC side. GarageBand is free on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the side for Macs. If you have a smartphone, an iOS device, uh, there's an app called Boss Jock. You can record on that and export as an mp3 right to Libsyn. So there's a lot of easy ways to create an mp3 file. But once you have that mp3 file, then you upload it to Libsyn. The first time through, you have to add a p- you have to upload artwork, 1400 by 1400 pixel artwork. Uh, you need a title for your show, a description. Once you get all that together in your first episode, then you just take the feed that we create for you and you submit it to iTunes and that's it. And, and then going forward, every time you release a new episode, iTunes automatically updates. And and if you submit to iTunes, then your feed also gets pulled into Overcast and, and Shifty Jelly Pocket Cast and Downcast and other aggregators out there that pull. Yeah, yeah. so there's a lot of different podcatchers out there that, that pull from the iTunes. Now there's also Stitcher, which is another popular place, and you go submit your feed there. And then just announced was Google Play Music. So now there's going to be podcasts on Google Play Music. And in Libsyn, we have that as a destination. So you just go into your Libsyn destinations and you create a new destination and you get your own feed for for google and and we also support publishing out to other places um we, we have a deal with spotify and and tune in that both of which are still in beta um but those are other places that you can publish out to soundcloud's another one 
Um, so we try to support being able to publish out to a lot of different places. Yeah, that's great. So, so we just found out about I think the SoundCloud one, eh, Darren? And, SoundCloud, and, yeah, but I don't know because we were trying to put our stuff on SoundCloud, but it just wasn't really going very well. <laughs> I, I get like each episode I, I put up there, I get three to five downloads an episode at, at the most <laughs> or yeah, plays over there. I thought and, Spreaker would be better, but I've had I that, Spreaker was nice because I could just tie the RSS feed right in and boom, 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 it that did everything automatically, <laughs> but. I'm still not seeing a lot of action. The, the reality is iTunes is the 900-pound gorilla. Wow. You know, or in, in, in this case, it's the 68% gorilla. That's where most of the downloads, 68 to 70%, come through iTunes, Apple Core Media. Number two is Stitcher at 3%. That puts the, everything wow. in perspective. I mean, there's a huge gap between number one and number two. Holy shit, yeah. yeah so so what about... Stitcher love. What about Google and these other um, new platforms that are coming out for podcasting? And I've heard people talk about some rules and some pretty strict regulations with those. Is that going to be a challenge well, for you and for people creating t content? No. I, I mean, Google is, they just announced in October, uh, the end of October, that they're going to support podcasting. You can submit your podcast there now and sometime probably early next year. They'll make it available, podcast at least in the U.S. to start with. Um uh, your your the podcast to Google Play Music users, which is nice because up until this point there hasn't been anything native on Android side right. yeah, for yeah. getting podcasts. I mean, right now to tell an Android user, you got to tell them, oh, go download the Stitcher or go download uh, AntennaPod or De Pocket Casts, and people are like, what? What? Yeah. what, what you know, <laughs> it's hard enough to tell people to listen to a podcast. Then you have to tell them to download this third-party software, yeah, and then they yeah. have to go and search for it in that software. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Google Play Music would be nice because you just have a link on your website, and people click that, and boom. Now, which is the other reason I've always told people get a smartphone app for your show, get your own Android app, because uh, it's still easier to tell people go download your app to listen to your show on Android than anything else. I think I, I've got to email the app people because I made that Android app and everything like a long time ago. That was when the... True Libsyn, you mean? Yeah, that was when to get the iOS app, you had to get that other app first. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah well, that's, God, those days are over. Yeah, so I just realized that the other day <laughs> and went back. I told and, you to go read, look. I go, hey, that it. was a long time ago, Darren. Like, check again. Yeah, for once, Graham was right. <laughs> yeah, we, we... Unfortunately, we used to do individual apps on iOS through our developer account, and we had so many that Apple said, whoa, time out here. <laughs> and so they said, you, we want you to do this other thing. And we were like, oh, we don't want to do that. So it just took us some time to figure out the better way to do it. But you know, on, on Amazon App Store, and we also do the Android apps into the Amazon App Store, and we do Windows Phone 8 apps as well into, into the Windows side. And both the Amazon App Store and the Windows Phone 8 App Store were one of the three largest producers of apps as far as number of apps in those app stores. Hmm. I wonder, I should find someone with an Android and double check that that all works. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm waiting for patiently for the iOS one to come out though now because that's what I've been saying is I think that the, I, that the app is a pretty good way to be discovered and for people to spread the word. Yeah, we've we've gotten emails you know, at the feed. Elsie um, and I, our podcast, we have that the app out there, and we've gotten emails from people that said, "Oh, you know, I was looking for something else, and I discovered your app, and now I'm a listener." You know, thanks. Yeah. You know, lucky lucky find. 
So they don't let they, you put podcast in the title though, because I, I wanted to call it the Gramerica podcast app or something. Or, the, yeah, it's just a Gramerica app. Yeah, unfortunately, Apple's really weird about that. But you know, the nice thing is there's a lot more people in the app stores than there are people listening to podcasts. So you really get a chance to be discovered. Yeah. So one and a half billion people a month download apps. Less than 75 million people a month download podcasts. So you know, getting in the app stores is a good place to be discovered. What are your thoughts on uh, internet radio versus on-demand stuff? Because I'm, I'm in a real, I'm in a biased position. Like I'm so used to on-demand now that even if I'm free, like, and I have this, let's say this radio show I want to listen to online or something, I have a hard time sitting down even, listening well, to well, it. As Jar Jar Binks would say, how rude, you know, <laughs> yeah. how rude is it for you to not to be able to stop something and listen to it? Yeah. You know, listen to it later when you want to. That's how I look at internet radio. It's like, what, what do you mean I can't control when I can start and stop it? I don't want to listen to that. I want to listen to something that is at my time frame when I want to pause it because the kid come running in to tell me, you know, that he, he just burned his brother or something like that. I need to stop what I'm listening to. So, so it's going to continue growing then. Like, it's not just me. It's uh, on demand is is going to keep going. Just as like Netflix is taking over the TV kind of thing. It's it's uh, this podcasting or on demand music will keep going. Yeah, I mean, I've been in podcasting for eleven years, and it's steadily been growing over that entire time. There's been no you know, people talk about oh, podcasting's back. It never went away. Yeah. It continued to grow. The only thing the only thing there's a resurgence of. You know, you hear the resurgence of podcasting is resurgence in media coverage. You know, Serial came out last year. It was a podcast geared towards newspaper <laughs> reporters. Newspaper reporters liked it because it was geared towards them. And they go, oh, well, I haven't talked about podcasting in a couple of years. It must have gone away. Because, you know, if I wasn't talking about it, obviously it went away. Because I have a big ego. So what you had was a lot of people reporting about the resurgence of podcasting. And I have a slide where I do a presentation and it shows, but in 2013, there was there was a couple of articles about the resurgence of podcasting in 2011. There's even an article that goes back to February 14th, 2007 that says the resurgence of podcasting. Wow. Yeah. That shows you how, but, and you guys have been around since 2004. Yep. November two. Yep. We are now uh, 11 years old. This, I think it might've been uh, last week. I think like November 5th or 6th was our, is, is our anniversary date. But yeah, we're, we're 11 years old. Were you guys, was it like was it podcasts then? Was that what the site was for? Was podcasts or yep. did you oh yeah no Lip, yeah Lipson was created specifically and a hundred percent for podcasting. It was the first podcast hosting company. Uh, podcasting started in late two thousand four, and it was the first one out the door. Who was the first podcast to sign up? I think it was Chris McDonald um, with IndieFeed. So uh, Curry's not the f- pod father. Well, no, that's at Lipson. No, that's the first one to sign up with Lipson. Now, as far as, yeah, Curry was doing the podcasting before that, but Lipson was the first place where you could go as an individual and just upload a file, add a title, description, hit publish, and have your RSS feed update so you didn't have to hand code your XML files. Oh, so it kind of opened up the door, kind of like YouTube opened up the door for idiots to just fucking put their shit on online. Yep, we because opened up the door for you. Like, I could have never made a podcast if I had to do. I couldn't even imagine trying to do all that. In the early days when I started podcasting, because I started in late 2004 and I wasn't using Lipson at, at the time. Um, and, and I was figuring it out and I figured out how to hand code. So I was hand coding my XML file for many, many um, moons 
before I started hosting with Libsyn. I don't even know what that means. That would mean I would actually go into the XML file in a text edit document and add in the information and the different tags. It was it's basically I was coding. I was doing coding for my my feed to update my feed. So rather than just going into a couple boxes and adding a title, a description, I was going into the raw document in a, in a text edit document and and hand putting that code in there. Yeah, which yeah. always was fun because you'd make a typo here and there and your feed would break and you have to always check your feed every time you updated to make sure you didn't double enter something or left some bracket out. And then if you did make a mistake, then you'd spend the 20 minutes trying to find your mistake as your feed's broken and you're trying to get your new episode out. So it was a lot of fun in the early days. There must have been a lot of pod fading back then. <laughs> there was. There was a lot of people that started. But it, it, you know, in the early days, if, if you wanted to podcast, you were crazy. If you wanted to listen to a podcast in the early days, you were crazy because it was hard to listen to a podcast before iTunes supported it. I mean, we're talking about you had to go download a program by the name of iPod or X uh, that most people never heard of or iPod or Lemon. And then you would connect, you would, that program would connect with iTunes and when it would download it, then it would sync over to iTunes and you would take your iPod and connect it to your computer and sync over the episode you wanted to listen to that morning before you left for work. Yeah, And you had to remember to do that. And then it was really, it was, it was tough. And it wasn't until you know, a couple of years later when the iPhone came out that really, that was where everything changed because then you could see that it was going to be mobile. It was all going to be mobile. You didn't have to remember to do the syncing. You could get the episodes just downloaded directly to the mobile device. And, and that really is what, why podcasting has grown so much in the last few years. That's where I came in. Like I never, ever had to deal with that other bullshit. When I got in, <laughs> when Graham first showed me about podcasts, I could just download them right onto my phone. As soon as I hit Wi-Fi, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, I was on an iPod and doing the manual entries and manually, yeah, doing that, yeah. Man, well, the, the numbers must have been low in those days. The numbers were pretty low before iTunes came along. But people were lying about their numbers early on, so the numbers sounded good. Huh. So I mean, are, are we at uh, risk, yeah. like, with with how it's grown now, I notice all the... I mean, even a few years ago, there was a lot of news, like news organizations would have their own podcast, but I noticed some of them even pod faded. And then I was wondering why, because, you know, here I was like my only patience with any sort of mainstream news was through like a five minute podcast and then they, they faded away. But now I, I seem to feel there's this resurgence of, um, of mainstream stations putting out a podcast. Do you think that's uh, <coughs> going to affect us like people like ourselves that are doing like an independent alternative kind of media thing or will that end up maybe just increasing anytime listening yeah anytime mainstream media comes into this it brings people over you know and and people will then discover that there's this thing called podcasting and discover directories and then they'll start looking for other shows that they have interest in huh. especially niche interests a lot of people have hobbies right and people start realizing Hey, you know, I'm a I'm into paintball. Wow, there's 25 different paintball podcasts <laughs> exactly. I can choose from. Yeah, anything you are interested in, that's what I I would tell people. Like anything you're interested in, you can listen to people talking about so, it. So there yeah, is, is. Has it come too far then for it to be like quashed? Like can can big media still get a handle no. on podcasting, or is it gone now? No, no. The, the, you have just as good a placement and chance to build an audience 
as big media. I mean, Dan Carlin did it uh, without big media help. And Mark Marin did it without big media help. Um, you can grow an audience on your own um, and, you know, and fight and, and be better than big media. I mean, the, the biggest, you know, two of the three biggest ones, you know, Hardcore History and Serial aren't produced by big media, produced by, well, in one case, two individuals, in the other case, a, a group of five or six. You know, granted, the serial folks came out of big media and, and Dan Dan did have a background in radio, but he was doing it all on his own. And same, same with the serial folks. They're doing it all on their own. They weren't backed by big media. They didn't have, you know, any marketing budget or any, or any other network to, to push them. They did it on their own. So, you know, in this day and age, anybody can still be successful. It just takes good content. Now, good content is is the tough thing. I mean, you know, you can't put, you can't nail down what is good content. There's no, you know, here's the formula to create a great show. Yeah. Um, it still takes luck. It takes, it takes talent and it takes time. It depends on, you know, the type of show you're doing. If you're doing a show that's a new show about a topic, it takes a lot of research. You have to be offering your listeners time, you know, value for their time. Um, are you saving them time by them listening to you? Is there some entertainment value in there as well as education value? Um, so there's a lot that goes into getting a, a popular show. Um, but uh, there is no magic marketing solution. And even the big media companies, I, I, I know I, some of them host with us. I know their numbers on some of the shows and they're not very big on some of them. So huh. yeah. do you think, do you think that it's changing the culture? Like the, the message, like just Darren and I being able to, to put our, like talk about crazy shit that we talk about and have, you know, there's a few thousand people listening or whatever. Um, do you think it's starting to change the culture? Like the people are actually opening up and, and, I don't know, like f just paying more attention to the things they're interested in, or or am well, I, I think for the people for the people that listen, it's changing. It's changing them. It's giving them, you know, something that they can listen to that that resonates with them that they couldn't find elsewhere. And I, I think that's the most important thing. It's not, you know, it's not about changing culture overall. It's, it's changing individual lives. It's a it's a one to one medium still. You know, people are still clicking play. They're on demand. They're controlling it. Play pause start it they have a nice relationship with you the the hosts hmm. so you know it doesn't matter if you have got a hundred or a hundred thousand listeners for that each individual one there they if they find your show resonates with them if they find a value in it that that's that's what the value of podcasting is because hmm. i i can't stomach mainstream media anymore right like now that i'm so used to this so i wonder how many people like what when you listen to some podcasts like let's just say Joe Rogan for example or whatever or the people that are honestly talking about stuff without any sort of agenda or without any you know uh, advertising or, or sponsorship or um, pressure from somebody it seems to resonate with people like this honest conversation and you go back to the TV and you go back to the ads and you go back to the mainstream news and uh, it's hard to stomach so I. I I feel that it's just more than the one-on-one -on -one relationship with us and our listeners and podcasters and their listeners, but it's also about the the downfall in a way of the sort of the fake media. Is that well, I mean, too, like, yeah, I mean, you have to. I mean, or? I mean, mainstream media has you know what they have to produce. They have to produce for the masses, so they have to be more formulaic. They have to be less edgy. They can't. You know, they they can't worry. They can't 
piss off anybody. So it waters it down. Um, you as a host, you know, you guys can talk about whatever you want and, and people know your show and, and you know what, you know, they know what to expect from you and you can say whatever you want. You're not worrying about an advertiser saying, I said, I'm going to boycott you or I'm going to leave you and, and, and your, your show is going to be pulled. And you don't have this editor over your back or producer that, that you know, is going to call you into a room and say, I can't believe, you know, you, you guys just went off on, uh, you know, on soccer or whatever it is, you know, you pick some sport, you know, something that you guys are talking about that, you know, you got on a soapbox about and you have to worry about later on that someone is going to yell at you about it. Yeah. So... I know I've gone to my soapboxes. I do it on the feed every now and then. And we, we joke about it. Oh, pull over the soapbox or who put the soapbox under my feet? Yeah. And we'll just go off on something. I'm not worried about, you know, even, even though it's a podcast for lips and I don't even worry about, you know, if my boss is going to get upset or not. I just say what I say and she understands that's, that's the way I am. Yeah. Yeah. There's something attractive about that. Just hearing people actually talk honestly. Yeah, and I will, and my, you know, I do a show on, on the iPhone. And you want to talk about, you know, you know, there's religious debates and then there's the, you know, then there's software OS debates and, and, yeah, and those things are, are, yeah, which are more intense often than the religious debates. And, and, and I'll get people on my today and iOS from one show, I'll have someone email me going, I can't believe what a freaking Apple fanboy you are. And even though at the beginning of the show, I, I play a clip, hey, Kool-Aid. And then in, in the same episode, I'll have someone complain and go, you know, I can't believe you just pissed all over Apple fan, you know, us Apple fanboys. So I'm like, wow, I pissed off both groups this episode. Cool. <laughs> Did my job. You know, uh, so I, you know, I don't worry about it and I just have fun. And if I say something in the show that's going to piss people off, oh, well, I mean, I, I think my favorite one was, um, there was Microsoft tag, um, system that, you know, Microsoft introduced the Microsoft tag, which was, uh, you know, their little cat code, like a barcode and they had the app for it. And I, I mentioned, Hey, I, I can see a good use for the Microsoft tag. I go, you know, or prostitutes can get a tattoo of the tag and you just drive up next to them and scan them and see how much all the acts are. <laughs> and someone just went off on me. Oh, prostitution is slavery, this and that. And, you know, you sent me this email. I can't believe you talked about this. And, and I, I replied back to him and I said, I go, well, I was being serious. I go, you know how safe it will be? They don't have to actually lean into the car. You can just go by and scan them and, and you don't have, they don't have to haggle for the pricing. And then they, you know, the person that scans them and is going to get all their, their information. I go, this is good for the industry. And, and they really went off. <laughs> so I was like, some people don't have a sense of humor. I was like, if you don't understand that was being tongue in cheek, dude, you know, get a life. But that's, that's the best part about podcasting. If you don't get hate mail as a podcaster, you're not doing something right on your show. I always, I always say, you know, the best emails you get are the ones where people complain. Fuck yeah, me, we're we not put, doing it right, buddy. Well, we get, if we put it on YouTube, we get some, <laughs> we can get some, some pretty harsh. Yeah, but YouTube's full of trolls. We're talking like podcasting here. We yeah, haven't got general bad emails usually, but we get, we get some hate on fucking YouTube. Well, that YouTube is just, it's just a, a cesspool of hate. <laughs> Yeah, like I think I've been called some pretty harsh. We've been called some pretty harsh names. And, you know, sometimes it's just fun reading that stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, they do that with Kimmel where they have people read out the, you know, they have the celebrities read out the horrible things people say about them, you know, and, and just reading out sometimes on the shows, some of the mean things people have said, it's just fun. Um, it's a hurt. You know, sometimes when you first get it, you're like, oh, this hurts. But then you realize, you know what? If I can, if I could rally up this amount of emotions in somebody, I'm doing something right. <laughs> Good point. So what's the general rule on iOS then? When should you update? Because it seems like I always update too soon. 
Yeah, don't update right away. I always say it on my show. I go, don't update right away. I mean, don't be the first person updating. You don't want to even do it the first week. You want to wait a couple of weeks. And, and, you know, it was basically iOS 9.1 when I finally said, okay, you can, you can release the hounds and you can go ahead and update now. Um, people tend to update too soon and then they complain and they're like, oh, well, this didn't work or that didn't work. I'm like, yeah, it just got updated. You know, give the developers a chance to get their other stuff uh, updated to the new version. So I always tell people, if look, you need your iPhone for work. Um, you know, if you're going to be without it, if there's certain apps you need for work, wait, wait a little bit. If everything's working for you now, it'll work. You know, what's the rush? Wait a couple of weeks. Let Apple fix that. the bugs. There's always bugs and new releases. And and the last thing you want to be doing is downloading it the day uh, you know 100 million other people are downloading it. Hmm. So you you're probably the guy to ask about the iTunes fuck up recently with music and all that. Like, oh, oh fuck, my here god! We go. No, like a lot of people are having problems with it. Like what the, what happened there? Like how has Apple dropped the ball on that one so much? Do you even know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, and and the answer to you is simply I can't defend it. <laughs> so I mean, you know, they look Apple hasn't been perfect, um, but. You know, I had someone the other day complaining uh, in a forum board, and they're like, "Oh, the, you know, the Apple TV four came out," and they were complaining, "You know, oh, this is this is like a beta product. Oh, I've been getting Apple products for the last ten years, and this I don't even recognize the company anymore." And I'm like, "Dude, when the iPhone first came out, it didn't even have copy and paste. What are you talking about? Apple's always released products before they were fully vetted." Right, right. I mean, Apple does that. The fanboys buy it, they get the feedback from the fanboys, and then they update it, and then the masses come in. So, you know, if you get the Apple TV in the first weekend, geez, shocker, if it's not all there and Apple's already released, a, you know, an, an update and with bug fixes on it. So it, it, it's just funny how people forget they have a real short-term memory with Apple and yeah. they think, yeah. you know, five years ago, Apple did no wrong. And when Steve was around, everything worked <laughs> perfect and every update release went fine. Well, they don't remember <coughs> iOS 2 when it came out and how many phones got bricked. You know, people were updating that first day. Their phones were getting bricked. They had to bring them to the Apple stores to get them reset back up. You know, it's so. it's just it's just frustrating because when you have your whole music library and <coughs> and uh, what they what it feels to me like is they force you to the cloud, right? So I can't even. I think I I stay I out the, of the cloud. I That's I, all. I would I tell people stay out of the cloud. I yeah, know but, Apple pushes cloud this and everybody pushes cloud that. Clouds. But now I can't get my reliable. music. I can't get my music on my phone now. Like I, I have to home share it. So anytime I want to listen to something that's not already in my phone, I have to actually home share it. Maybe the next uh, update will fix that. But it's really strange. Well, I mean, I, I keep all my music right there, native on my phone. I get the highest capacity. The music I want is already on the device. Um, I, I just, I do not ever recommend putting it up in the cloud. Huh. Uh, when I want my music, it's usually when I'm someplace away from the cl- cloud anyway. It's when I'm traveling out and about. Really? Do I don't want to be going through my data cap to get to my music. Yeah, I want well, it there. I want it my, ready. That's my point. Like, how can I not uh, get whatever I have left in my computer onto my phone? Right now, I have to home share it and then I don't think I can actually... I might be able to download it on iPhone. No, you can't do it anymore. They don't give you the option. That's not even if I hard it. You can. You, it you have to basically restore out everything and not sign up for iCloud and then oh, go right. back to it that way. Okay, I'll, I'll figure that out one day. 
Yeah, no, I, it, 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 no, it's a hassle, and you're not the only one. I mean, I hear this from my listeners, um, you know, and, and and I was just like, I never, I never signed up for Apple Music. I was like, nope, not going to do it. I'm going to stay away from it. Um, and so my listeners, oh, well, you need to try it out to so talk about it on the show. I go, no, I, I can read the complaints in the forum boards just fine. Yeah, exactly. So, are we going to be worried about uh, regulations and licensing and and some uh, some some heavy rules or anything like that coming up for podcasters? Nope. You can drop f bombs as long as you want. Uh, you know the thing is, you can't put music in. You know, there's that myth that just thirty second rule or fair use rule. There is no such thing. The RIA will sue a grandma into you know bankruptcy. Um, they don't care about your shiny little butt as a podcaster. Matter of fact, the, the, I have a cousin who works in the record industry and he's pretty high up. And he told me he goes, Rob, he goes, MP3 is a four letter word to pod, to the record industry. And, and podcasts are an MP3, and the record industry doesn't care about MP3s. You know, they hate MP3s. He's even heard in a meeting recently where people said, "Boy, I sure miss the days of vinyl." Wow. So, but you could, but you can use uh, like open shared music and stuff like that, right? Oh yeah, there's, there's, there's like the there, yeah, there's CC stuff. music, you know, yeah. Creative Commons music, yeah. and, and Pod Safe music, as it's called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you go to ccmixter.org, you can find it, or you go to Magnatune and, or pond, pond5.com slash free, and you can find all kinds of music you can use in your podcast. So there's music out there, but you can't have anything from a major record label. You can't have something from the village people. You can't have YMCA because you thought, oh, this would be fun right here at this clip or, you know, uh, breaking the law, breaking the law. <laughs> so you, know, you can't even have that. I mean, you can't have really? Technically. Yeah, I mean. I've even seen a DMCA takedown notice because a podcast, the podcaster was reading the lyrics from a Taylor Swift song. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor Swift people are are brutal. Taylor Swift people are brutal. They're probably pretty smart. (laughs) Wow. That's, yeah, that's kind of scary. And reading the lyrics is breaking the law. It is against, you know, you're, you're violating the copyright. What if you don't sing them? What if you just say them? If you just say them, even saying the lyrics is, is against the law. Even though it's public, eh? That's, that's weird. It's not public. It, once, you re, once you say it, you're redistributing it. Yeah. So if, it's about- a real, it's, the DMCA, at least in the U.S., for the U.S. the DMCA is just like a crazy rules. And, and, and unfortunately, downloads have these special rules or download is, is technically or as far as the law is concerned, is a mechanical down is a mechanical copy. So when you have a podcast, it's no different than you burning CDs and, and giving them to people on the street. So, you know, if you were worried about going out and taking the latest Taylor Swift song, you know, Taylor Swift album and then burned say say you made a thousand copies of that C D and you're just giving it out on the street corner, you could be expected to be in trouble. It's the same thing as putting something out as a podcast. Um, I don't agree with the way the rules are written, but they are what they are. What about movie clips? Same thing? It depends on how you're using it. Movies come into a little bit different rules. There's still, you know, you can't just play a clip for effect. So if you wanted to play, say hello to my little friend, you know, play that clip from a certain movie um, in your your show, because it fit just as a, as a, you know, as a bumper or teaser, that's not allowed. Um, if you were going to play a clip and talk about what's going on from a movie and for some reason because it matches in with the topic that you're talking about, then it's fair use and then you're, you're probably fine. Mm. 
That said, the record, the record industry and the movie industry look at things completely different. The movie industry welcomes, for the most part, you playing a clip here or there yeah. because it's promotion. And they know they sell DVDs. They know you're not sharing it. So the record label doesn't go after podcasters the way the others did. Do, you know, the record the, or the, the, movie, the yeah. movies don't go after the, the guys like the record label do. So it's a, it's a big difference. The movie people understand marketing. The record people, no such thing as marketing. It's all theft as far as they're concerned. Wow. So I got another uh, interesting question. And just for the record, I've never gotten a DMCA takedown notice at Libsyn in 11 years. I've been with the Libsyn for over eight years and I handle the DMCAs. I've never had a takedown notice over a movie clip ever. Wow. Okay. And we have two and a, over two and a half million episodes, files that are hosted with us. So just, just to put that in perspective, on average, I get at least once a, one a month from the record industry. Out of 25,000 podcasts? Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, that's not but, bad. but our terms of service, people don't really pirate on us. I mean, they're not hosting on Libsyn to pirate. Yeah, exactly. They go to SoundCloud. If you're going to pirate, they're all over on SoundCloud. Yeah. Huh. So uh, what about advertising and podcasts and stuff like that? Like, what, what do you... We, we go back and forth a little bit between uh, whether that's going to be, you know, increasing in the future or not. I mean, we have a fully listener-supported show. It's like, it's all free, um, kind of donation-based. But, um, you know, I wondered if advertising would slow down a little bit for podcasts because of... Um, no, it's going to, it's increasing and it yeah. continues to increase. Wow. Yeah, we see, we see the increase, you know, quarter over quarter, year over year. Um we continue to see more people getting in and interested in advertising and podcasts because it gives them an audience that oftentimes they lost. They don't have that audience anymore in mainstream media. And and being able to do psychographic ad buys where you're buying on a specific topic a lot of times is so much more attractive to advertisers than just buying, okay, show me a show that's got males between the ages of 35 or 55, you know, and... and demographic buys versus psychographic buys are completely different as far as how much you can get for it. Um, and then how effective they are too. I mean, when you have a podcast that's about cigars and you are selling humidors, you do a lot better going to a cigar podcast than you do, hey, give me a podcast about males between the ages of 35 and 55 that have this income level. Yeah, that's interesting. And then the stats are, are obviously comparable to let's say radio ads or other stuff. Cause I've always thought that they're not reliable, but Darren was telling me that I think he heard you talking about it and how um, it's really actually a lot better with. Podcasting. Oh yeah. The stats for podcasting is much better because we know how many people are actually uniquely downloading those files. Whereas radio, it's based on surveys and, you know, Arbitron survey and then where people have a notepad and some of it's people write down on the notepad, what radio station they listen to at what time or, and it's based on a survey of a certain number of people, and then they try to project that out to the entire population. Whereas podcasting is like, okay, I know I had this many downloads, and I know this many came from Dayton, Ohio, versus this many from Cleveland, Ohio, versus this many from Columbus, Ohio. So you you get some really good information as a podcast, um, and the advertisers love that have, having that kind of information. Yeah, you guys have a great statistical platform there to to see where where the Grand America hegemony grows. <laughs> Um, what about uh, what about micro donations and Bitcoin and other ways like value for value model? That type, do you have any thoughts about that type of stuff? I mean, donationware, nagware, whatever you know, um, however you want to phrase it. You know, that's been around since the beginning of podcasting. People putting a PayPal button on their site and say, "Hey, don't donate to me." Now there's pa Patreon, which is really just the same thing, only 
doing a you know doing more formal service and and they take a cut. But there's always been where people just say, "Hey, here's a donate button. Donate to me." I do that on my own show. If you go to todayinios.com and you go on the right hand side and scroll down, there's a donate button, and I I have my I'm getting an iPad Pro the Apple Pencil and a keyboard because people on my show, listen to my show, donated money to me to go and buy that. Last year they donated so I can go to get the 6 Plus because they want me to go and get it and talk about it on the show. Do you think that's a model that, that will continue to grow? Is it a, is a viable model for the future on, on more of a... Some shows, you know, you know, No Agenda is a perfect example, is a show that's completely, you know, um, donation supported. Um, other shows like Hardcore History where it's mostly donated supported, but he also has advertising. So people do a hybrid model. And I think the hybrid model is really the way to go is you get people to donate directly, but you also do a small number of advertisers. Right. You don't go overboard with advertising. Right. Yeah, like Dan's pretty, using Carlin as the example, he's got like a little one at the end or a little one at the beginning. It's, it's pretty easy to stomach. Otherwise, I just fast forward it through the, the story. Right. Yeah, I mean, Dan is a three and a half hour show and the ad doesn't show up until three minutes and 20 seconds. You know, on the last episode, um, you know, so or, or thereabouts. You know, so it, it's he puts it after the content. Most podcasters put it in the middle. Most advertisers won't put up with that. Most advertisers don't want it at the end. Um, Dan is a special case, and he can do what he wants to do. Um, <laughs> that's why his audience is the size it is. You know, uh, you know, one of the worst things for me at Libsyn is is going in and seeing his stats, and I just feel minuscule when I see his numbers. <laughs> I mean, so, this is a guy that. And he releases an episode in the first three hours after the episode's out. Nobody even knows it. And he's already got 150,000 downloads. And you're wow. just going, oh, this. Yeah. you know, it, it's, it's just, it's just mind boggling what he can do there. You know, it took him a few days, a couple days, it was only two days and he was at a million, a million plus on the last episode. And, and the episodes before that, he got over three, every episode before that has over three and a half million downloads now. Holy fuck. Yeah, and those are legit. I mean, so um, it, it's it's just amazing what he can do and and his numbers and, and how you know it makes me go home. Oh, I look at my show, I get twenty twenty five thousand downloads. I'm like, oh, you know, I thought that was good, and I look at three and a half million, and I'm like, oh man. But what most people don't realize is the median number of downloads in podcasting, hundred and fifty to hundred and ninety, somewhere in that range is where it's been for the last three or four years, and that's on Libsyn, a service where people pay to be there. So if you actually went and looked at the median number when you count all the free out there, it's right. probably less than 100 is the median number of downloads per episode. So what was that on Libsyn again? You said 150? It's, uh, Libsyn has been as low as 150, as high as 190 in the last three years. So for people that aren't uh, familiar with statistics, median, is, oh, that, is that are you talking about the middle means, number or the average? Right. So when I look at all the episodes that were released um, in the month of September and I look at the downloads through the end of October... Yeah. So every episode's been out at least 30 days and I pull the numbers at the end of that month and I look at what that median number was at that point. Um, it was about 165-ish, I think it was, for, for the episodes that were released in, in September. And that means half the episodes had 165 downloads or more and half the episodes had 165 downloads or less. Yeah, and then the average would be much more and, than that, I guess. And the average is higher. I have an adjusted average where I throw out the top half percent and anything with three or fewer downloads. And the the adjusted average is usually right around 2,000. If, if I don't adjust it where I take out the half percent, then that number moves up to about 
3,000 to 3,500. Because yeah. I had some really big shows that host with us, you know, Carlin, uh, Rogan, Nerdist, um, uh, WTF, Mark Marin. Those shows can really skew your numbers. Yeah, so I, I guess take, the median is way more accurate in that respect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I tell people, I go, look, I go, if you're getting 500 downloads an episode, you're well above the median. And, yeah, over and, double above. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, you know, feel good because I've had people email me saying, oh, because a lot of people lie about the numbers and that's one of the worst things is because people hear what other quote people are doing <laughs> yeah. and, and it's not true. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and they'll come to me and go, I had an email, oh, I started my podcast a month and a half ago. I just released an episode a week ago. I got a thousand downloads on it. What am I doing wrong? And I'm like, whoa, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> and, you know, what have you done so far? Okay, good. And they'll be like, what do you mean I'm doing good? I hear from these other people and they tell me they're getting this. And I'm like, ah, they're full of crap. Uh, a podcaster is more likely to tell you the length of his penis than he is his actual download numbers. <laughs> and I guess you're the one that sees it all pretty much. You're like, you're like oh, yeah. at the helm just looking at all the stats. Oh, yeah. And I, and I see it all the time. And I just want to say something. I'll see it in forum boards and I'll see people saying, oh, I got this amount. And I'll go and look at their numbers and it's not a fraction <laughs> of that, if that. You know, and that's just like, oh, you liar. Uh, when I started at Libsyn, there was a guy, and I won't say his name of the show, but um, before I started Libsyn, he was running around going, I get 60,000 downloads an episode. I get 60,000 downloads an episode. And I was like, this guy's show sucks. There's no way he's getting 60,000 downloads an episode. So I started on Libsyn. The first day I go to the guys that run it, I go, how do I check somebody's stats? And they told me, and I went in and looked. His best episode ever, 600 downloads. <laughs> that's brutal. Yeah. yeah, you know, because people can't check because the numbers aren't public, and so they can say whatever they want. Um, so yeah, I, I I I just tell people that's what one of the things we do on, on the feed is every month we go over what were the last month's median, what was last month's average. Yeah, yeah. we talk about the percentage coming from iOS versus Android, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. We give people some real stats so that they can feel better about their show and how they're doing rather than feel worse about it because they think, oh, I got 2,000 downloads, my show sucks. I'm like, no, your show's doing good at 2,000. We're still um, going to get to a million, period. Yeah. When we get to a million, we'll shut her down. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, if you get to a million, if you get to a million an episode, you, you, you won't shut it down because your wife is going to say, no, 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 two-year-old, she's going to, she needs a college education someday. <laughs> Oh, I, fuck, I'd be happy to get a million total. Yeah, he was talking total. <laughs> Lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing pretty good, though, compared to the average. That's, that does make us feel better. I like how you guys put all that out there. And you, know, and you really have to say, you know, if you were to present in a room, you know, I say this to people, they have like 500 downloads an episode. I go, how many times you've gotten up in front of the stage and talked to 500 people? Never. I mean, think about that. How many times you've gotten in front of a room with 500 people in the room? That's a huge room to have 500 people. Most people never get the opportunity to do it. And if you do get a chance to do it, it's a little nerve wracking. I've done it twice where I've got audiences over 500. And, and it, it gets you to pause for a second when you talk that, when you look out there and you see all those people. And then I, thought, then I stopped and I thought about it. Well, at the time, one of my shows... Um, you know, had over 5,000 downloads. And that was, that was back before I did today in iOS. And I thought about, well, that's, this is my, my show is 10 times the size of this. I'm okay. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, 500, it's not bad. A um, couple thousand. Wow. That's great. And you get to 20,000, you fill an arena at 20,000. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's a good way to look at it. 
Is, I mean, uh, how many people did the Islanders get for for a hockey game? <laughs> that meant, right? Is there like, uh, is there like, I think just like sticking to it's got to be a big part of it, right? Like, how much of the how much of the biggest shows are shows that have been at it for you know five plus years? Or like, do you think that plays a factor? Sticking around, absolutely, because it takes time to grow. There's no instant success. I mean, unless you were a celebrity getting into it and you already yeah. have yeah. you know an A-list celebrity status and and following, uh, it takes time to build the audience because the number one way shows grow. And you know, Dan, you had him on the show. He'd probably tell you this too. The number one way shows grow is word of mouth marketing. It's the listeners to the show telling their friends, go check this show out. That's how the big shows. I mean, when I talk to a Dan or I talk to a Joe Rogan or those guys, they'll tell me, when I ask them, what have you done to market? They'll sheepishly say, not much, not as much as I should. You know, they'll feel bad about not marketing at all. I had one show one time tell me, I never marketed this show. I just got lucky. People found it in iTunes and then I was telling people about it. Well, that's interesting. Can we talk about that? We talk about that here, like what to do to to better market. And then, Darren, we're usually pushing um, the word of mouth thing. Tell a friend about the show. Yeah. There? The, the we kind of meme thing it you off. Can do, the best thing you can do is give your audience the tools to tell their friends. That's the best thing is give give your audience the, the you know the hammer and the and the shovel and have them go out and build you an audience. Hmm. And as far or as you're concerned, audience. like pod, it, it'll keep growing, right? It should still because I I know like I t- I tell people all the time about the podcasting and and um, about other podcasts and they don't still so many people don't really they might have heard the word but they don't really understand the uh, the process. So I guess when it goes on Android and when, and it'll still keep you know keep growing now, especially now with the iTunes app, I guess that. Uh, I don't know what was I what was I thinking about that, Darren? That is it the yeah iTunes app's native on the phone. I oh, think that's that what it is. Right, makes a yeah. difference. Yeah. Well, the podcast app is native, and and now Google Play Music, and it is called Podcast. They are calling them podcasts in Google Play Music. Um, you know, it'll be over there. I, you know, I, I never see an issue with the name. Some people get it. Some people don't. A desk is a desk. A chair is a chair. A podcast is a podcast. I always joke and say, how you know an article about podcasting is is bad? There's two things that you can always tell if it's a bad article. One, it starts off talking about a resurgence in podcasting. <laughs> or or two, it talks about that podcasting name is somehow needs to be changed or it's a hindrance. And if it's a, And I've seen articles do both say, oh, podcasting resurgence, but really need to change a name. And I'm like, okay, this person's clueless and doesn't know anything about it. Don't even read the rest of the article. Yeah. You know, I saw an article recently a person was talking about the, the podcasting name was a hindrance if one of five things holding podcasting back. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Look, the iPad is huge. And you can't think of a worse name than iPad. Bad names do not hold things back. You know, mm-hmm. it, names really don't, matter much it matter podcasting the name helped it in the early days but now it's just it's just a name yeah yeah huh. so what what are some of your interests um not only just with podcasts but in, in life um college basketball oh yeah uh, yeah i'm a huge college basketball fanatic i went to university of dayton so i'm a huge flyer fan so um that that's one of my big passions and of course i have i have two boys um in for excuse me, fourth grade and second grade, they're nine and seven, and I coach their basketball teams, both of them. So, um, so I, I like I like basketball. I'm a big basketball fanatic, but I'm also a baseball fan, and I live here in Kansas City. So, hey, Royals won the won the World Series, but I grew you up in Long Island, so I'm a Mets fan. I'm so, a Blue Jays fan. 
Ah, sorry, guys. Yeah, that was a tough one. But no, we really wanted you guys to lose um, um, earlier to rain. We didn't want to play you because we were afraid of you guys. That was you, you were the one team as as an, a Royals fan. I was like, that's the team we don't want to play. We were like, we felt good about anybody else. We're like, please, you know, once once you guys won, we we're like, oh crap. <laughs> So that was Hopefully a good series. Though. Hopefully next year we can come back. But yeah, but you I had guys a great, deserve to win for sure. I had, a, I had a great tweet that one got got popular in that series was um, Batista. He did the fake toss of the ball to the crowd. I don't know if you saw that. No. Oh, uh, so yeah, with the, at the Royals game, um, he caught the ball at the end of the inning, and he was running in, and he went to you know like sometimes the players would toss it up in the fans, and he he fake tossed it up to the fan, and he held it. And I was like, that's such such a low rent thing to do. So then the next game, he he, it was the blooper that he didn't catch. So I tweeted out, I go, oh, yesterday he faked throwing the ball to the fans. Today he faked catching it. <laughs> I go, and then I wrote pound karma. Pound. Uh, that's hashtag. I'm not a big yeah. hashtagers. Oh, okay, hashtag karma. Pound. Whatever. I try, I try to get Darren to use that more, but he won't. Hashtag is two words. Pound is shorter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm lazy. I go shorter. I just don't know where it got switched to pound. I used to think of it as a number sign, and then somehow it had all these different definitions. Yeah. So Shift what, three. What do you uh, What do you listen to for entertainment? Like, if you're going to escape, escape, escape for a little while. <laughs> well, yeah, the podcast that I listen to. I am a big history fan, so I I listen to hardcore history. I listen to revolutions, uh, history of uh, history of Rome. When I don't have anything new, I'm, I would just I keep that as my backup one. Um, the History Network, World War II podcast. So those are those are some of the ones that I go through that I listen to personally. Um, and then I and then I listen to uh, Mac OS Ken, which is a daily podcast about ten fifteen minutes long that keeps me up to date on the stuff because I do. A, iOS podcast myself, so I, I try to listen to that one every now and then. I listen to MacCast as well, but those are, those are the big ones I listen to. And then a music podcast I listen to is Dave's Lounge. So that one is a nice down tempo trip hop music that oh, cool. kept keep me going. He's been around for ten years, so um, those those are the ones I listen to that are my staple. And then I sample a lot of other podcasts because of the job. Um, yeah, exactly. Huh. So so is there any? Um chance of or is there something you guys are looking at with different spoken word like you know how you have uh, audible which has all kinds of audiobooks and other stuff like that do you are you a fan of audiobooks too or is, is there any anything potential for libs in there in the future well i am a fan of audiobooks i'm a big philip k dick fan so this is actually a great time for me because you got two television series right now um man on the high castle and minority report both based off his stuff so uh, if you listen to any of my podcasts, you know I've mentioned Philip K. Dick for years, so I'm a big BKD fan. Um, so I listen to some of his stuff in audiobooks. Uh, I have bought many of his audiobooks, have them around on my on my computer. So I, every now and then I'll go back and listen to a different one, a Radio Free Azimuth or something like that, or Galactic Pot Healer or something, just just for fun. Um, um, but yeah, if, if, I, if I'm outside, but podcasting really with... As much as it's been lately, it's it's hard for me to go listen to, uh, go back to those. So I just don't have time that much uh, that often now. So yeah. I'm kind of really, I listen to podcasts most of really for entertainment at this point. Yeah, yeah. What about Libsyn as a business? Like, is there is there room for different spoken word platforms? Well, um, you know, there's Podio Books that that host with Libsyn. So Podio Books is a big part of Libsyn. We we host all the Podio Books, mm. the, the service. 
So there's a lot of, um, if people don't realize it, there's a lot of serialized novels that are out there. That's where Seth Harwood's books are, or Scott Sigler's books are, more Lafferty's books. So yeah, if you haven't checked out um, Patio Books, definitely check it out if, if you're into anything from crime noir to sci-fi to horror to funny sci-fi. Mur, Mur is great. Um, so you know, check out some of the stuff that's in Patio Books. Yeah, I'll do that for sure. I haven't uh, checked that out yet. Right on. So but, uh, yeah, I, but I think you know what we try to do at Lipson. We just we we're open to anything. You know, we we want everybody to come in any genre. I mean, we've got um, professional tree climbing podcasts. We've got one for um, or a tree climbing association podcast, and we have a professional chameleons breeders podcast. We have some really crazy things. There's there's a podcast. I kid you not on folders from Smead. It's kind of a little Manila, but it's okay. Um, it, it, you know, so even podcasts on folders, file folders. I mean, so you you can talk. I mean, literally, there's podcasts about everything. Fuck, I wonder if they sell eleven by seventeen file folders. I need those. I can't find them anywhere. I should check that. Yeah. We can. You can See, check out nice. the Smead. You can check out the Smead podcast. Wow, Smead S M E A D. See, I'm, I'm actually S M E A D. Yeah, yeah. They have a podcast. Wow. Believe it or not. Wow. There's a professional pig. There's a professional pig producers podcast, the Swinecast. It's for not just pig produce pig farmers, but professional pig farmers. Wow! Yeah, this one episode teaches you how to artificially inseminate a pig. <laughs> you can learn a lot in a podcast. <laughs> so, do you have anything? Uh, do you think that we uh, that we missed out for our, our audience? Uh, I would say this: if you're a blogger and you're not podcasting, you should be. Because it's going to separate you from the crowd. It's it's a you know think again, one hundred fifty thousand versus two hundred million. That's what you're looking at. If you're a female blogger, you really really need to be podcasting. It's like a seventy five hundred to one ratio, female bloggers to female podcasters. Wow, seventy five hundred to one. Hmm. That's good advice. Yeah, Darren, do you have anything else? I think that about wraps it up. Big thanks for coming on the show, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on. And by the way. Two-year-old at a hockey game, really? No, see what you did listen. <laughs> What's that? You're bringing a two-year-old to a hockey game? Oh yeah. <laughs> when did we talk about that? Last show. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's next week. <laughs> Tuesday. Uh, so you know, I, 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 I took my um, my youngest son. He was about three to his first football game, and we walked out, and the crowd was screaming. And he started bawling, <laughs> bawling. So my poor wife spent the whole first half in inside the corridor with him because she couldn't, couldn't come out to watch the football game because he was crying. So he was so scared because so many people. Yeah, That's uh, half the fun is the corridor. We like to duck into the corridor during the game when, there's not, when it's empty and they can just go. Madison went when she was too. Wow, we're in, we're Canadian too, and, so. and maybe football. Like considering there's four times the audience, it could have a different effect on kids. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. If they freak out, then we'll just leave. Yeah, right on. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. It's been enlightening. Really appreciate your time, well, gentlemen. Again, thank you for having me on. Thanks for hosting at Libson. And if any of the listeners want to get a hold of me, have any questions, uh, Rob, as in Robert, R O B at Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. Perfect. Thanks a bunch, Rob, and uh, I'll keep listening to the feed, and uh, yeah, awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.
our chat with Rob Walsh, uh, the VP of Podcaster Relations over at Libsyn. What did yeah, you think, buddy? That was great. Yeah, I really want to thank him for coming on and just getting into the in-depth about podcasting and stuff, too. Plus, like, look, real, realistically, podcasts, I got to say, they changed my life, right? And seven or eight years ago, I just went into, like, you know, realizing that I can learn about anything I want to because there's people talking about it and you can download it you know, the shit on demand and listen to it. So it's cool that he's been around for so long. And, you know, back when I started listening, like he asked me what my first podcast was. Fuck, I can't even remember. Mine was Mysterious Universe. Yeah. Like I even went through a Skeptics of the Universe, uh, Skeptics Guide to the Universe phase, and I went through all the science stuff and then, you know, ended up with uh, with you, buddy. With me. Yep. Partner. Yep. Well, you're more like a like a uh, first officer, <laughs> number one. I was gonna say like a <laughs> a beating cushion or something like that. Whoopee cushion? Yeah. Whoop, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Anyways, uh, hey, I also uh, wanted to mention before I forget that uh, Marty Hansen, Marty the One Night Party, he's having his. Uh, if people have heard that episode that we did with Marty, it was great about fitness and spirituality and stuff, and they're local. He's doing a workshop in Canmore uh, next weekend. I'm going to put a link in the show notes called Learn Performance. Pretty interesting. It'll be a party. Yeah. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Rob Walsh. Of course, uh, check out grammarica.ca slash support. Um Help us stay ad sponsor, affiliate, bullshit free, and uh, paywall free, all that fun stuff. And as Rob says, help people, uh, tell people about the show, get them to download it on iTunes, because apparently that's the big thing that runs the algorithm, right? Is downloads per day or whatever, so. You know? That's right. So check out grabamerica.ca slash support. Um Sign up for a monthly and start helping out the show today. Uh, big thanks to all our uh, subscribers, current subscribers and donators for the last couple of shows. And um, check out the T-shirts. There's a few posted on the Twitter feed. Still meaning to get those on the website, but there are some on the Twitter feed. Uh, we do have the Take the Shot, Don't Take the Shot, and the Classic Grammarica. Um, sign people up for the newsletter. Spam Graham and tell your friends about the show. Anything else? That's it, buddy. Thanks. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. We're living in a Bigfoot world.